Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. The outstanding Neil Kulong, sir, welcome. As always, it is great to be here, gentlemen. I hope uh, I hope your day is going as good as mine. I believe you've uh, made more appearances on this show than Trey Lance has thrown passes since uh, high school. This is probably true. Yes. Probably true. In fact, if we broke it down, that, that's interesting. I might end up trying to do that. Yeah. Yeah, 370. In my head, I'm calculating three, it. 379 passes in his career since high school. He completed a lot of them. I know that. Yes. <laughs> So speaking of completing a lot of them. Good things happened after that. Yeah. Steelers quarterbacks completed a lot of them on uh, Friday night against Seattle. So what was your general uh, impression, pro and con, of what you saw from the quarterbacks? I I thought the quarterbacks availed themselves well. I mean, they they did the job they were supposed to do. Um, the the bad passes, I think, were uh, uh, minimal enough that you kind of remember all of them. I know Rudolph had a, a pretty poor decision on one. Um, the few that, that Pickett threw incomplete, one he threw away, one I think was probably not his best pass. I thought Trubisky threw the ball well. Um, and they, they did the things they were supposed to do. I mean, it, it's... Uh, not really. I mean, it's kind of you know opponent agnostic in the preseason. Obviously, sure. you're you're competing against somebody, but you look at them as peers in the NFL to some degree. Uh, they're on something of a similar level. Um, you're you're going up there to to work on execution, to work on technique. It's not a results based type of thing. And I I felt the quarterbacks uh, made good decisions with the ball, with the exception of the one throw with Rudolph. But come on, they're not all perfect. Um, we shouldn't, you know, focus the lens that intensely on one thing. When when he threw the best pass of the night, I thought the, the touchdown to Pickens that Mason threw was a perfect throw. Um, exactly what you want to put on film. It, all of them did did good things. You know, you, you're you're encouraged by that. Um, one drive does not make an NFL game in the regular season, though, and it, it doesn't necessarily mean that everything is set. It's not indicative that. Uh, every drive they run is going to be like that, or even most of them. So uh, it, it's a good start. I think they, they got good work in. Um, and we saw some pretty good things with a, a kind of a hodgepodge of uh, starters in there. I mean, they didn't have what we think anyway is, is going to be their starting offensive line. Um, it, it, probably more than anything, it, you, you saw good things all over uh, the offensive roster. I, I, I think that was – um, probably my biggest takeaway from, from the whole game. They did well in, in three teams worth of players at different positions. Right? I think that's, that's very encouraging considering where they were offensively last year. It looks like they, they've got some good things going for it. Um, they'll, they'll continue to build, and that's really all you can do this time of the year. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they're going to be over the moon about Kenny Pickett. So what did you think of him? Um, I, I thought Pickett did well. Um, they didn't ask him to do much. I mean, it, it really, you're running the peanut butter and jelly type of stuff, a lot of floods, a lot of crosses, um, not multi-reads, not like a high-to-low type of look. Uh, he didn't get, I, I don't think, the greatest uh, protection on earth, but the, the touchdown pass he threw was really more of a combination of, of uh, less than superior technique from the defensive player and 
pretty nice run by the receiver. I wouldn't necessarily put all that on picket. Um, and they ran the ball well on, the, on that final drive as well. I, it, you know, again, it, it's, he did the things they were asking him to do. I don't think that he got a high degree of difficulty score, but um, it, it, you, you can't fault him for doing what he's being asked to do. Uh, he ran the offense well. It seemed like he controlled things well. Um, and again, made good decisions with the football, and he looked good throwing it. He looked confident, um, put the ball where it was supposed to go, and that's what you ask your quarterback to do in a very basic, fundamental way. Um, I'm not penciling him in as the starter. I'm not suggesting right. that you know he's leapfrogging anybody on the depth chart over it because, again, I, I think all of them played well, and I don't think that that was he didn't look so incredibly advanced mm-hmm. that he absolutely shouldn't be at that level. He just, he did what he was supposed to do with what he had and um, made you know the right types of plays and the right types of reads. They didn't ask him to do anything of, of significant um, difficulty or skill. He, he wasn't put into a, a real difficult spot, but um, you know, he, he made it work. You, you got to be happy with that. Definitely a, a, a solid first outing for him. Steeler fans are used to seeing a quarterback hold the ball for a while, and that's Ben Roethlisberger. That's always been the story with Kenny Pickett. He tends to hold it. It seems like um, uh, that that, again, was part of the M.O. the other night, that, yeah, he had success, but he still held the ball. Did you see the same thing? I, I could see that. I could see where that comes from um, overall as well as in the game. That, that's kind of the gunslinger mentality. I think that's really who Pickett is. Um, his highest and best, if he, if we were to break down his best trait, um, I, I love his confidence in his deep ball ability. I love that the desire that he has to look for a big play and to do that, you, you got to hang on to the ball a little bit. You got to have some yeah. toughness in the pocket. Um, but he was flushed out of the pocket a couple times. It seemed to me like he was aware enough, uh, of, you know, if he's going to hold on to it, he's got to be ready to, to escape. Uh, and go off schedule. That's not necessarily what you want to do every play. Um, that was something that, that Roethlisberger um, worked in very well his entire career. But you don't necessarily want to make that um, everything that you do, but it's going to happen sometimes. I, he, he held on to it a little bit. I think he was looking to, to make a play down the field. I, I like that kind of confidence. Um, I like the vision. You know, He can see that. Uh, it played in materialized for him, and he didn't force it. He, he made the right reads. He, he went where it needed to go. Um, all of well, Trubisky and, and Pickett were forced to to, uh, to get out of the pocket and make something happen a couple times, and, and both of them did well with that. Uh, it, it's good to see that when they're out of the pocket, they'll make the decision um, to just pick up a couple yards or to deliver to an open receiver, not try to force everything. You're not throwing. I don't care who you are. This is something that, that, that people tend to, to over-exaggerate. Um, you, do, you do not throw well on the run. Even if you are mm-hmm. a, a, a guy that can make a play when he's on the move, throwing across his body, technically speaking, you do not throw well on the run. If you're trying to force a ball into coverage when you're on the move like that, you're going to make a mistake. It's just it's inevitable. You're not going to get away with that very often. Even the best will, will tell you that's not how you want to throw. That's why that the real desire is to have a, a, a pocket-contained quarterback that can step into his throw and deliver on target a, a, a catchable ball with some velocity to beat the defenders who are going to be closing in around him. Uh, when you do have to get outside the pocket, though, it's about decision-making. It's about vision. You need to see what's there. You need to know what to do with it. Keep your head, keep your wits about you. 
um, and try to make the best throw that you can. Um, I feel like Pickett showed in his career that he can do that. I, I, I think Trubisky, uh, to his credit, um, can throw on the move um, probably better than average. So there, there's some advantage to that, but it, it all comes down to still being able to find an open receiver or run. Don't try to make, you know, don't try to make a throw that you're not able to make when you're on the move because you're not throwing well. And the, the defense is attacking downhill at that point. It's a turnover waiting to happen. There's a lot of things that can go wrong when you do that. But they, in, in those situations, from what we saw, I, I felt that they made the right decisions with what they had. And sometimes it's, you know, a, a, a two-yard game. Sometimes it's you flip it out of bounds. Sometimes, unfortunately, you get caught from behind. But if, if you're making the right decisions top to bottom, that, that's the best you can hope for when you get forced out of the pocket that way. Uh so let's talk about Trubisky for a moment, because mobility is a part of his game. Uh, and when you look at the Steeler offensive line, I mean, they're okay, but how important is that part going to be for him moving forward as the guy that's going to be probably the guy at least to start with? It, it worries me. Um, here, here's the bottom line. It, this, it's a two-way street you're not going to get perfect protection all the time. And on top of that, perfect protection doesn't make everything. The key thing is you have to take each play for what it is and you have to take what is being given to you. Sometimes that's going to be, you get an, an a gap rusher in your grill. The second you get the ball, sometimes you have perfect protection. You have to trust what's there either way, but your eyes have to stay downfield. I, I would say this: the, the Trubisky play uh, I think it was second and eight on the was it the first drive. It was first or second drive. Yeah. Um, it took a pat or took took his drop and had pressure on him right away. It looked like there was kind of a mix up on the right side uh, with who was blocking the the delayed blitz, and he got forced out of the pocket. But the thing was, to me, what I saw is he escaped the pocket calmly. His eyes stayed downfield. He knew what he was looking at downfield. Didn't see anything, so he, he turned the corner and got upfield. I think he gained three, four yards, something like that. Not a massive gain, not a Lamar Jackson-level run, and he's not that mobile. He's mobile. I, I, I've said this a couple times. He's mobile in the same way that Baker Mayfield, for example, is mobile. He can get outside and get to the corner and pick up three, four, maybe five yards. He's not breaking guys' ankles and going for 15, 20 down the field. Right. Yep. He's mobile in that sense, and that's valuable only if you don't have a throw to make. And the key to that is making the right read, making the right decision with the ball. Um, it, you know, third and five is a lot better than third and 10 or third and 11. So if he doesn't escape the pocket, he gets sacked, and they're, they're in a, a, a real tough down and distance. If he gets outside and he's not quite fast enough to, to elude anybody, might be a two-yard loss, so you're looking at uh, you know, third and 10, third and nine, somewhere in there. He's mobile enough and uh, wise enough to hold on to the ball and just pick up the four yards because third and five, as, as they would say, third and manageable, is a decent outcome considering uh, the, the situation. He didn't force a mistake. He didn't need to make anything happen. He's not trying to do too much. He's not that fast. He doesn't have that good of an arm. He can't make bad decisions with the ball and get away with it like some quarterbacks in the NFL can. Um, to me, that's very positive. That was always my thing with Trubisky. 
uh, he made a lot of dumb decisions when he was in Chicago. I don't care if he was a pro bowler or not. He, he made a lot of dumb decisions in those kinds of situations. I like the fact that he just simply took what was there. And sometimes you have to do that. And sometimes it's going to be on third down, third and eight. If he can only run for four, pick up four. Don't take a hit. Don't force a throw. Just you know, do what you can and live the fight another day. When you don't have all the talent in the world, sometimes that's just what you have to do. You don't score on every drive. But I, I appreciate him using his mobility um, in, with discretion in this case. He wasn't going to uh, force anything down the field. That, that's going to be key. Over the course of a game, if he isn't forcing passes, he's not turning the ball over, and you might you know, still be able to, to, to get around figure out a way to get your guys open off schedule, come up with, with secondary route options, things that uh, he can read and see and get them open so he can make a throw. At the very least, if he's not losing yards, uh, you're, you're not putting yourself into a bad situation. Obviously, if he's not turning the ball over, you're not putting yourself in a bad situation because at some point you got to stop and throw when you're on the move. If you do that in tight spaces, they hit you, they tip the ball in the air, it's going the other way, and you're, you're in a bad spot. All right, what else stuck out to you about about them? I mean, uh, give me a, a positive that stuck out about the opener in the context of being an opener. Everything has to be done in context. And then what, you know, like you sat back and said, boy, they need work there in context. In context, positively, um, I, I was uh, overall very impressed with Anthony McFarlane's game. Yeah. Um, they, they gave him a couple different situations. Again, not result-based. They wanted to run a few concepts and see how the players did to it. They gave him two mm-hmm. inside zone runs that he executed perfectly, in my opinion. This is exactly what you want to see uh, out of an NFL running back. Um, one was the big gainer on, on third down. The other one was like a, a, a six or seven yard carry. He executed them perfectly. Um, they had him in on, on a passing down, a deeper passing down. He stood in and off, off of a, a tackle end stunt. Uh, he took on a defensive end on, on, a, on a rush. And he stood him up, did a great job. That's, that's, to me, that's an NFL back. He made the team, in mm-hmm. my opinion, from that series. Yeah. And they took, not coincidentally, they took him out after that. Uh, Saturday, I think it's all going to be about Jalen Warren, uh, seeing what he can do, giving him the same type of opportunity mm-hmm. to make the team. But McFarland did a great job. They also had him on, <laughs> on kick returns. Um, they gave him a tryout and on, on Saturday. And I thought he passed with flying colors. Mm-hmm. Very impressed with what he was able to do. Um, on the negative side, I, I thought, um, I don't know what it'll take to get Devin Bush to, to you know, to uh, try. But. I, I'll be honest with you. I think he is – he better pick it up or he is not going to be a stealer. I, I joked about this, and the more I think about it, I'm not even sure if, if I'm far off. But, like, it makes you wonder, did, did they tell him he was on the trade block or something? I, I, to not to, – to still be out there and to play in such a, a protected way. Yeah. Just, I'm not saying you need to, to to let loose. You didn't see Miles Jack running at 40 miles an hour, going head first into the guys. Wow. He he played hard though. He played competitively for the time he was out there, and the fact that Bush stayed in so long, it just it makes me kind of wonder if they're not giving him some film and opportunity to to give teams a look at him. Um, I I right now, if there was. Uh, a pedigree kind of guy behind him, you know, if they had a second, third round pick behind him from this draft, I think he would be in direct competition for a spot on the team. I really do. And if, if you take away everything, this, this isn't fair, I know, but if you take away everything uh, as far as where he was drafted, how much time and money they put into him, you're not putting him on, on the team after that performance. It's like, it, 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 
at some point enough is enough. And while I thought it was going to be, look, it's ride or die as a first round pick. You invested all this money in him. You can't replace this. You shouldn't have to. You need to coach him up. I don't know anymore. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think they're losing anything if he isn't on the team. You know, they, they got to eat a, a decent chunk of cap space for it. And it's frustrating, but him playing doesn't really seem him playing this year does not fill any reasonably minded person with any sense of optimism um, about his position. And that to me right there, it should be reason enough to if you could get somebody desperate enough to take him off your hands, that you want to trade him. I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, I, I want to say there are a thousand reasons um, to, to trade him and only one to keep him. And the one is the only one that matters. And that's because he's a pedigree guy. You've already put uh, the time and the effort into it. I think they, they spoke volumes when, when they didn't pick up his option. Um, that says pretty much all they need to say. And uh, unfortunately, I think they built themselves really counting on him uh, being something of a, of a player this season. But I, and I don't know, a guy that, that just doesn't seem to care that much to me is not a guy that I really want. I don't care if it's the preseason or not. Um, you got you got to put some effort into it, and I didn't see that from him in this game. You and I both know your first round pick. You have to play your way out of it, and because they give you all the chances in the world when you're a first round pick, he's a good example of it. Yep, I I used to think that too, and now my honest thought is you you can't play your way out of it. If it wasn't for Artie Burns and Jarvis yeah. Jones, I I really. Right. You know, well, to be fair, Jones, when Jones didn't play, he was hurt. Yes. <laughs> he just left Pittsburgh and never played again. Right. Um, they benched Burns. They really didn't play Burns. But right. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, um, short of they don't have anybody else, and they've already put all this time and effort into it. it, it in, from one perspective, perhaps they view it as it, it's too late to go back. We don't have anything else. I would say that, but made the trade for Joe Schobert during the, the uh, yeah. second preseason game last year. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, it, there's desperation. Um, though I would look at the Joe Schobert trade as an example of what not to do and give teams a reason not to pick up a player who's clearly, generally speaking, did less in his career to that point than Joe Schobert had up to that point. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what would happen, but I, I can't imagine – um, they would not listen to trade talks once. It, that's, I'm not saying it's happening, but I don't know who else would want him. I think that's the reason they, they couldn't trade him right now uh, more than they would actually, the Steelers would actually want him on their team. I don't think 31 other teams want him uh, at that price point, and they would just wait to, to for the Steelers to cut him. My friend, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Definitely. Thanks for having me, guys.